Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. All right. I am going to declare us live, as I always do, Tuesday, 2.30, PGA, DFS Strategy Show from awesomeo.com. I am Ben Reza. That's fantasy golf man Tim Frank. We've made it. It is the last tournament of the year. We're not going to remind people that golf starts next week once again, but we have made it to the tour championship, Tim. What a messed up year it's been, but we made it. <laughs> yeah, that's an understatement. Um <laughs> 30 golfers left. Uh, we will mention the winner. This is another thing. We're mentioning the winner on the show today because we're talking about every golfer. So it'll be quite, quite easy. Um, listen, let me just ask you off the top because we're going to have some time today. Did you watch last week uh, what was one of the wildest endings to a golf tournament I've seen in a while? No, I did not see it live. I was following along. But, uh, but and then after, obviously, after those putts were made, you know, there was people were tweeting out uh oh yeah the videos of it but yeah that was wild that was uh yeah i don't i don't you're not going to see two putts like that i know we saw that kind of at the work day with morikawa and jt but uh in a bigger event with more on the line uh two elite golfers that was that was pretty wild i needed rom um and i thought he had it then when he when i knew it was going to a playoff i was like fairly certain it's such a bad break I, I know he's practicing on the range but like he has to assume that he won um and but it, it was just and then dj did you see the kick he got on the drive on no i did not no. oh my god it went into the woods just somehow ricocheted into the fairway and then but 77 footer or whatever it was rom just too good too good uh i don't know it, it was, I love that course. I love, did you like the really difficult conditions? Oh yeah. I love that. I was a little annoyed that it played somewhat easier on Sunday. I don't know. I don't think that would have changed the result. I mean, DJ and Rom were the best two players uh, on, on the week for sure. Um, but it, it, it was definitely easier on Sunday. You saw a couple guys, uh, Scheffler, Domin, you know, four or five under, uh, seemed a little bit easier to attain. So I would have liked to, it to play uh, consistently difficult for the whole week. But yeah, it was, I, I love that type of golf for sure. Yeah, it's a great, listen, I, I seemingly also, I do better for some reason. I don't know if I should say some reason, but I prefer DFS with tough conditions. I, I definitely have a higher ROI in non-birdie fest. I guess I naturally build like that. So it was good to see that. It was good to see Rom win. Looking at, you know, the way the FedEx Cup works for, you know, if we have some new viewers, you have the 125, then you whittle to 70, then you whittle to 30, and it's based on the cumulative points for the year. Looking at the 30 guys we have left, it looks like just a out-of-a-hat random assortment of golfers. Yeah, there, there's some guys that, uh, like boy, what? I would have been shocked, you know, at the beginning of the year if you told me that they were here. And some of the other guys, Muno, to me, Munoz, I think is the really the craziest one that made it here. 
Um, but good for him. I mean, it's kind of nice to see um, some kind of no-name guys, you know, make it because it's like a huge payday regardless of where you finish with the opportunity to just make uh, a boatload of money. So, yeah, pretty cool to see a guy like Munoz make it. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It is what it is. This isn't the best event. It's never been the best event regardless of the format. A 30-man field for stroke play, that's just not my cup of tea. And I think even before the FedEx Cup, this wasn't a great event. They've changed the format several times. And I just don't think it's just not much you can do with a 30 man field uh, playing stroke play for me to make it a, a really good event. I know they, obviously there's a lot on the line, but for me, this has just never been my favorite event. I don't think it's, I don't think there's really anybody that's like, oh yeah, I love the tour championship. I don't know. It is what it is. We're going to talk about uh, in a couple of segments, finals format about that. Um, Cause you have some wild ideas and I actually want to, talk about them but before we do as we always do a couple things one chat you stuck with us the whole year and we appreciate it last show you got to hit the like button uh we need it pump it up let's see what we can do here but let's talk about east lake unlike olympia fields where we hadn't seen that in 15 years on tour we see east lake every single year so you know it well uh we kind of know what we're getting here yeah yeah a lot of a lot of course history here 7,300 yard par 70 Donald Ross design Bermuda greens uh, plays fairly difficult. If you look at the stroke averages um, before they went to this stupid format, um, you'd see anywhere from eight under to 13 under as the winning score. Um, you know, it played kind of middle of the road difficulty, you know, but I think this is really one of the, you know, this is a trend in what we see. I think, you know, 10 years ago, you would think of this as a short hitters course, and you'd go back and you look at the guys that had success here and, you know, Snedeker, uh, Ryan Moore has a good record here. Bill Haas won here. That's right. Um, you know, and it just seemed like it was that typical kind of short Bermuda track, you know, a little bit Harbor Towny, not, not, doesn't look like Harbor Town, but the same guys that play well at Harbor Town, the same guys that play well at Wyndham, which is another Bermuda track, another Donald Ross track. I think, you know, that's who you saw you know, having success here. A lot of short hitters, but, uh, like a lot of these other courses, you put the best players in the world here um, who are all super long off the tee. And those are the guys that recently have had success. So it's kind of one of those courses. I think it gives the short hitters a chance. And 10 years ago, those were the guys that thrived here, but now, you know, the bombers are, aren't going to have any problem. And, you know, as we've seen the last couple of years with Rory uh, Brooks, JT, those are the guys that are probably going to be at the top of the leaderboard, despite kind of the course fit. Yeah, I mean, they're the best players in the world, and they can just make it happen. I I do like that we've seen it. You know, we know we're getting, we know they're fast Bermuda. It's Donald Ross and all that. The one thing I'll caution, you see this all the time, and it's easy to do this in WGCs, but it's even worse here. It's like, oh, this guy loves this place. Like, seven straight top 25s here. Well, that doesn't, that's not anything. Uh, when there's only 30 guys in the field, I would hope that he could uh, clear that hurdle. So keep that in mind with course history. I definitely want my guys to have played here. You have, I believe that there's nine players who have not seen this course, you know, in, in terms of the tour championship. Does that matter to you? Or do you think, you know, these young guns and, and these newcomers will be just fine? Yeah, I guess I haven't really given that any thought. Um, it is a good point. Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'm going to take that into account. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's just never anything I've really thought about maybe at the masters where it seems like that's a course where you really 
need to know your way around. I, I haven't gotten that feeling here. Um, so no, I don't think that's a concern for me. Um, and yeah, like you said, even a, even a top 10 here is really what, what did you, you know, it's like a third of the field, you know, you're in the top third of the field. So even a T10 isn't all that great. And then, you know, I would caution people, if you go back and look at last year's course history, you know, now you're dealing with these handicaps uh, of guys starting at different positions. Um, so like for instance, JT, you know, he started off with the lead and he finished T3, but if you look at, if you had take all that out he, he really didn't play that well so I mean looking at course history from last year is really even crazier because guys all started off at different positions so you might say oh JT T3 last year he played great he really honestly didn't play good at all no so that just throws another wrinkle into the mix with course history but we hate course history anyway so that's what we, we hate it anyway but it's true just to like give context and of course when we talk about the golfers we'll we'll let you know where they are but like DJ I'm not going out on a limb if he plays horrible, he's still going to come in the top 10. Like right. it's a lock. He's starting at 10 under. So what does it really mean? Um, and I guess there's no better time than right now. So the way it used to be, and Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, because I can't remember what I did yesterday, never mind years ago, is that, you know, you would accumulate your points and then whoever won the this event won the FedEx Cup. And there were certain guys that were boxed out based on where they were position wise. Like if you were in the top five of the FedEx cup, you controlled your own destiny. And if you won this event, you won the whole thing. Now they have changed it to where they actually assign a score to you starting on Thursday. So the leaders will be 10 under eight under seven under and the guys at the bottom will have to play catch up. Yeah. You know, they've changed the format. They've seemed to have tweaked it like every year. I believe it started off just there was a points format and, you know, you almost had like two leaderboards who was winning this tournament, who was winning the FedEx Cup. Then they changed it to if you were inside the top five, I believe, no matter what the points were and you won, then you automatically won the FedEx Cup. And they've been kind of trying to bring it all together so that whoever won the tournament won the FedEx Cup. This is what they came up with, this kind of staggered leaderboard to reward guys who earn more points and kind of punish the guys who, who didn't earn as many points throughout the year. But what yeah. would you do? You say, I know you tweeted out like you, you tweet a lot of crazy things as you're all about you're you know, you're trying to get those likes. Do you really think they should make this match play? I mean, for to drum up more interest. Yes. I don't think that, that that's not the fairest way to determine a champion. I don't know. I don't think the players would like that as much because there's a lot more variance in match play you know, the tour and everybody else, all the money, they probably wouldn't like it because you might end up with two terrible players. But my idea was, yes, make it match play. Um, just whatever, add two players, make it an even 32. And, and, and to give, and this is would really never happen, but I would say that, that the higher seed gets to pick who they play. So DJ gets first pick. He plays whoever he wants in the first round and they go down the line and they keep doing that. I, I think it would make it a lot more interesting. To me, there's just not, this is supposed to be the, biggest event of the year for a pga tour event and it's really not people just don't care about it i think making it match play would make it more interesting it'll never happen i don't think the players want it the tour doesn't want it but from a viewership and, and a fan perspective i think it would make it a lot more interesting i mean i'm always i think the biggest miss and they have we have a wgc but i think new formats is what the pga ultimately will get to with like i think there should be an event where it's 
a corn fairy guy, a PGA player, an LPGA, and a senior tour guy, and it's teams of four. Like something like that would be pretty wild. I would love to see match play. I would love to see, I mean, I would love to see crazy things where like if you're the higher seed, you get to take two clubs from the other guy's bag and throw them out, not putter or driver. You obviously can't touch those, but like irons. So he just has no five or six. You're, you're really getting out there now. How that sick would, be, would that be? That would be interesting for like a fall series event. I don't know if we want that. It's better than the safe. Next week, we're going to be wishing they had that. Um, I agree. I mean, I personally just like watching match play. I don't know. Other people have different opinions on that. To me, it's interesting to just see the, the you know, one versus one battle like that it's more I, strategic I, yes it did it, it adds a lot more than this um but whatever it is it is what it is i don't know okay i'm pulling an audible i got to the line of scrimmage i don't see i don't like what i see we're going to talk about the golfers in a second chat I, I know you're all clamoring to talk about these 30 guys but i want to talk about i'm going to get this out there now before everyone catches up because we know everybody in the world likes to be on the shiny new toy have you paid attention at all to Europe and particularly Rasmus Hogard. <laughs> I mean, no, I can't help but see him coming across the timeline with all the European tour experts out there, like <laughs> uh, my boy Baroff. Um, people, yeah, I don't know. But what kind of competition is he playing against? Nobody. Last week was real dudes. Like Keimer and Andy Sullivan. I mean, come on. I mean, Matt Wallace, Weisberger. It's not whatever. He's only 19. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm not, I definitely not up to date. You know, I, I, I know what's happening on the European tour because Tom, I'm, yeah. I'm on Twitter uh, constantly and you can't help but see that, but yeah, no, I'm not, I, I have not been watching him, but apparently he's the real deal. And then everyone's going to play him at the, he's in the U S open field. Is that correct? People are I believe, I think we will be seeing him also if he keeps playing like this at WGC sooner rather than later. So he'll be like 15% owned at the U S open and probably shoot like a bunch, couple 85s and then that'll be it. So Good. I um, hope both of those things happen. Cause there's no chance that I use him <laughs> at the U S open. It is interesting though. I was pretty damn impressed. Because I was like, why is this kid like nine to one to win this pretty strong field? And then he just won. Uh, so I didn't realize he was only 19. I guess that's pretty. Yeah, uh, he's 19. I got I to gotta look at some of these other results here real quick. He's, he, he, I think he won in Mauritania. And you know the competition down there is uh, it'll get you every time. While you do that. He just looks like he's on a heater to me. I don't know. He's a twin too. Matrix twins. So he, there's two of them. I mean, he won the prestigious Afrasia bank moritas open yeah what did i say mauritanium yeah those are two different countries um but it sounds the same so yeah if you're winning in mauritius or whatever that place is called you know it's good mauritius see i don't even know how to pronounce it that's how i don't i don't you know me african geography uh anyway let's do it listen we got 30 guys chat we will truly go one by one here because we can uh (laughs) Is Molinari playing in the U.S. Open? I have no idea, but we haven't seen him forever. But let's get to it. So we're going to talk about the guys, Tim. Obviously, we never see pricing like this during the year. We have DJ kicking off at 15200 He also starts at 10 under par. I, I just had to get this out. It, it's Please. crazy. The weeks where they should have guys at 5100 when they're totally unplayable, they don't. 
but now when we have like a 30 man field with the best players in the world and they're all good uh now we get 51 not not when like you know Keith Clearwater should be $5,100 but anyway yeah D- DJ at 15 too that's that's just a product of the starting score the of 10 under and the outright odds that are less than two to one for him to win the event. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, I think we talked about it last year, but we should definitely point that out this year is that yes, he's starting off at 10 under, but the problem is if he doesn't play well, that really is not going to matter. Um, Part, part of accruing all the win, points of winning a golf tournament is you play good for four days and you make lots of birdies. And especially at a course like this, it isn't overly difficult. Um, you know, it's not just about the reason you, the winner scores all the points because he makes a ton of birdies and plus he gets those placement points, not just, oh, he's starting with X amount of placement points. I mean, if he doesn't play well, um, he's going to be a horrible play. And even if he does play well, even if he does win, that price is pretty prohibitive and it makes it difficult to even build a good lineup. It's like, what are you going to be left with after that? You know, you click him in your next five spots. You're already under just a smidge under 7,000. So you, you've shrunk the permutations a lot. I'll say this. Ken and you know, DJ's the favorite for obvious reasons. As you know, say they keep this format for the next 50 years, I think we're going to see more often than not guys who start 10 under, it's an advantage. But like you said, this is not like, oh, he needs to not completely implode and he's going to win. Like, no, he has to play very well to win. There's no doubt in my mind. Well, and I mean, a two stroke advantage, like going into the back nine on Sunday is like nothing, let alone four rounds. I mean, so yeah after yeah, two I, holes I, it could be gone literally there, there's so many moving parts to dj this week um like you said you're shrinking down the, the just the number of possible lineups you can make and especially on a week where it's a 30-man field and you're probably going to want to leave money on the table to avoid dupes um you know dj lineups even if he's low owned which he probably will be you think uh i think so i think it's just hard to it's just hard to play him at 15k um, I think he could be low owned yet easily duped. Does that make sense? Because there's like not a lot of places you can go after you click him. So it's like, yeah, he might be low owned, but then everyone's going the same way after they click DJ. So that's the problem. Like you, I don't think he's going to be nearly as low owned as you. And certainly we will have ownership project, you know, this golf starts Friday. So it's one of the other crazy things. It's Friday to Monday. We're going to have, ownership of course and projections and all that stuff which is one of the many reasons why we want you guys inside the ropes as i say and i'll talk about throughout the show but there aren't that many especially when you add in the second guy so like if just for example and we'll talk about rom next he's twelve thousand seven hundred. if you start dj rom <laughs> it's over you you legitimately only have a handful of combinations and i guarantee you every single one of them will be duped yeah 100 percent and another possibility is what if what if dj wins but the top five is literally like dj basically like the pricing goes Mm -hmm. dj rom jt web i mean it's like he might win you might have him and if if the other expensive guys are up there that might not be enough 
either because you're not going to have three of them two or three of those guys up top I don't know it just seems like a lot of things have to happen right for you to play DJ and and it to work out at that price in my opinion just because it's all based off of that 10 under starting score it's all based on the outright odds of less than two to one but all that stuff to me is inflated and and you're just taking on a lot of risk and using up a lot of salary for what isn't as sure of a thing as it looks like right now. It's very early again. Uh, right now we have DJ for 17% ownership. Yeah, that's um, pretty low. And for the most expensive golfer in this, it field. is, in, I, in I, I would have taken the over on that. Yeah. So keep that in mind. We got Rom next. Listen, you know, he, he's starting two shots back at eight under. I, I really think what we're, what we're talking about for DJ is pretty applicable for most of these guys. Like Rom to win has to play very, very well. Uh, he's also getting a huge advantage. You know, I, I, I look at him as equal to DJ in that sense. The difference is you're starting to get sizable. This is not normal pricing. It's not like he's 14800 You're getting $2,500 to play with. Yeah. I, I mean, in my opinion, it's not even close. We've already established that the two-stroke lead for a four-round event is nothing. So basically, you're getting a $2,500 discount. I mean, they're almost, I don't know. I mean, they're they are damn near a coin flip, even with the two strokes, I would say. I, yeah. I You know, I wouldn't make DJ that much of a favorite over Rom with a two-stroke lead with four rounds to play. Um, so I think taking the $2,500 discount is pretty easy. I mean, I think a lot of people are going to go that route. I think Rom will be significantly higher owned than DJ, but to me, he just makes things a lot easier and you're really not giving up all that much with Rom in my opinion. He's he, like we said, he's, he's played great. He's struck it great. And I, I think the $2,500 is huge, especially like I said, on a week where you're going to want to leave money on the table. I think that's Definitely. the catch. That's the catch is when you play DJ, not only it's hard to make a lineup, but it's really hard if you're going to try and leave significant money on the table. I mean, this is, again, we're still at the spot. Like if you take two of the top three or two of the top, the permutations are very limited. So JT is up next. He's 11,900. He starts at seven under. Um, You're a JT guy. Obviously he hasn't been, I mean, he hasn't been as crisp as DJ and Rom in, in recent weeks. The ball striking was decent last week. Uneventful, though. Uh, didn't really stand out. I assume you're not worried about his form coming in, though. No, I think he's played fine. Um, you know, positive ball striking in eight of the nine events uh, with at least plus 1.8. So, I mean, he's hitting it fine. He is, hasn't played. He's played better, I think, than the results have indicated in the three events after the WGC. Um, he couldn't putt. I, I, I prefer Rom, I think, and, that, and that's pretty odd for me. I usually am a big JT guy, but I just think the $800, Rom's just playing a lot better than JT. I mean, would I be surprised if JT turned it around this week? But if you're looking at the numbers, um, it's, it's not really close. Rom has been better. Um, and I think, you know, $800 isn't that significant. And so I, I'm preferential to Rom over JT this week. So am I. I. I also think that the the field, the public is. So keep that in mind. It's not just about what you want to do. 
you got to be cognizant of what everyone else is going to do. Cause at some point we're going to have to be different. Uh, we're down to Webb, who starts in fourth at 11 K six under. I'm normally a web hater. He did not play last week. I guess wanted to rest. I actually think it's a pretty sharp move. Like he loses nothing by doing that. He goes to a Bermuda course, a par set. Like I like web quite a bit this week. Yeah. I like web a lot too. And I'm with you. Um, I'm not sure how everyone's going to view him not playing last week, but I, I think it's good. I mean, these guys have been playing a ton of golf, um, you know, since the restart, you know, they were off for, we were off for so long and then they've just jammed in so many good tournaments here. Um, yeah. I think it was smart to, to not play last week. Um, at least, at least for this week, I don't know. I don't know how much it hurt him in, in, uh, trying to win the FedEx cup. I don't know you know, where he would have ended up, but just yeah. for handicapping this event and his chances to win and play well this week, I like that he didn't play last week. And this is a great course for him. Um, you know, it's not a bombers course. Uh, Donald Ross, Bermuda track. I think this one's right up his alley. Yeah, I like him at 11K. I probably like him better than JT as well. I, w- I would say the two guys at the top I'm highest on are Webb and Rom. Mm-hmm. I-, I love the spot he- Webb is in. Um, he's only four shots back. That's not like he is in firm control. I I don't think you have to think about it like this. And of course, you can conceptually grasp it, but I don't know how many scenarios where it's like, oh, Webb would have won, but DJ won because he had those extra four shots. Like, that's a pretty narrow path. Uh, I think most likely, if Webb plays good enough to win, he's going to win. And, you know, when you get into Sunday, that lead will be gone up and down roller coaster. Like, they will be playing as a normal, or Monday, I should say. But, you know, they'll, they'll be playing as if it's a normal tournament. So, no problem with Webb. Your boy... Colin Morikawa is fifth at five under five shots back. He's really tough for me because he's not nearly playing as crisp. uh, Certainly when he had the pair of wins, what do you make of it? It's hard to tell what he's doing right now. Yeah. I don't like him this week. Missed the cut at the Northern trust. Uh, Didn't gain strokes with the ball striking last week at the BMW. So for me on a week where, it's really hard. You know, we, you, you gotta try and X guys out of the player pool. Um, and it's tough when it's a no cut event and they're all good players, you know, you can kind of drum up a reason to play any of these guys, but for him, I'm just gonna just cut him out based on, you know, the T20 looked fine, but he, you know, I didn't see the other stats. I just see that he didn't gain strokes with the ball strike. I'm assuming the short game was probably pretty good. Um, but the miscut and then not great ball striking last week. I'm not going to play more Yeah. He wasn't good off the tee. His irons, were positive, but for him, they were still bad, like well below what he's done. Let me ask you, and because Bryson is up next, he's the last guy in the 10,000 plus range. Uh, six shots back, there's a handful of guys that are six shots back. Bryson starts that off. How comfortable are you starting a team with a guy like, like just omitting the top four or five? Do you think that's feasible or it's just hard to imagine one of them doesn't get there? Yeah, it's hard to imagine one of those guys not getting there. And I think this is a week where there are, you know, the salary, the minimum salary or the the cheapest guys are at 5,100. And there are some playable guys down there, which makes it easier to play the expensive guys. Um, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to a balanced roster, but um, for me, I think you can kind of play pretty balanced, maybe one cheap guy, one expensive guy, and then go 
you know, balance with the other, with the other spots. Um, yeah. So I, I don't think I'd be a big fan of starting below 10 K. I don't know. I'm a little, int- I think you can get away with it if you load up on three or four guys in that same range and hope one of them wins and another not comes in second, of course, that would be great. But if somebody can win from that group, you can survive. Like if DJ comes in second and the winner isn't Rom or JT, like you're looking at an open ball game, like balance could really work if you nail that winner. So in a large field tournament, I definitely will have some lineups like that. It's just trying to figure out who it is. Bryson, I actually think is pretty sneaky in the sense that he's all over the map. His irons are atrocious though. Like, I don't know what is wrong. Have you seen these approach numbers? Yeah, they're bad. Yeah. Like he's lucky he putts like a God. Yeah. I don't, I don't like Bryson this week, but you know, the same thing applies to him every week, high variant style. Um, but this, this is not, this has not been known as a bombers course, even though we've seen some of the longer hitters the last few years play well here. I don't think this is a course that plays to the strength of bombers. Um, and he's had some issues. So I don't think I'm a, I'm not a fan of Bryson this week based on course fit mostly. And poor play, I guess. <laughs> yeah, poor play. I, I, I'm the thing. I, listen, if you play Bryson, you should be prepared. Like, I, I honestly think he's live to finish near. If Leishman wasn't in here, I'd say dead for last. Like, he, he's that struggle. The struggles are real, but his upside is still there. There's no doubt in my mind. When yeah. Bryson gets going, he can win. The next guy, I think, is the most difficult of the week. And it's for bizarre circumstances. It's Rory. He's 9,700. He is six shots back. Talk about him and then obviously talk about, I mean, can you play him? We have, we have for people that don't know what's going on. He's his wife is having a baby any day, their first child. Um, We have to know something, right? We're just not going to go to Friday morning here. Nothing is he's got to address this. I would assume he would, if she does not have the child between now and then, I don't know how you play him. Um, I would say there's no chance that he plays the whole tournament and his wife has a, their first child somewhere else in the world and he just continues to play. That's No, no, he, he has already stated that no matter what is going on, he will leave the tournament. Oh, see, I didn't even know that. So, oh, yeah, yeah. No, he's, he said, I, and I, like I'm quoting and I'm paraphrasing, I'm going to play in a lot of tour championships it's, you know, you only have the birth of your first child once. So no matter what's going on in the tournament, he will leave. He said, we need, I want to see the doctor. The doctor needs to be on there. We need to get like uh, brought him on the show projections on like, what's the possibility that the baby, like she holds out till Monday or I guess Tuesday. What now. if it's a playoff and there's, yeah, that's the other thing. Is, is inducing her early so he can play. Is that in the mix? You know, there's a lot, there's a lot going on here. I feel like Rory could be a little more open with us and uh, maybe work with us a little bit. Hopefully just withdraws. That's what my hope is that he just doesn't even make the trip. Yeah. To me, I I guess what, what would, did he say what would happen if she had the baby on like Wednesday? I mean, I I don't know. I don't know that. I just know that he adamantly stated I will be leaving. So he should, I would hope. Now we'll talk about tomorrow night on live before lock. If Rory is like 5% owned or something, 
Maybe you do roll the dice in large field tournaments, but you have to realize that if you do that, there's a large chance you are eliminated immediately. Because if, if you take a zero, you have you know a zero percent chance to cash. Yeah, I agree. And and I mean, I guess like we said, any day now, yeah, it's imminent. It's apparently, very unlikely that he makes it to Monday through Monday. Um, but uh, unfortunately, he's like my favorite play on the board. Of course, he is. He's just a layup at 9,700. Just more of the same last week from kind of what we saw, although the result was a little better with the T12, hung around in contention. But it's like the same thing. The ball striking has been fine. It hasn't blown anybody's doors off. Uh, Mm -hmm. But it's been good, like, literally every week. He's made all eight cuts. He's gained at least 1.1 with the ball striking, you know, every week. Uh, The last three was plus 3.7, plus 4.2, plus 5.8. Um, he's won here twice. He has a runner up here. He's cheap. I mean, I, I think he was the easiest play on the board. The whole baby thing is screwing everything up as babies do for any of you that don't have kids, just don't even have kids. Out there, so. Wow. Life advice from fantasy golf. Oh so, yeah. Just don't have any babies. It makes, uh-huh. it makes things a lot easier, but yeah, I, I think he's a great play, but we need some clarification. If there's no, there's no baby by, by Friday morning, I would say you can't play him. Yeah. All right, so we got Rory was actually, I mean, he was priced up, but he was he's starting at three under, just so everyone knows. So here's the rest of the minus fours. We've got Berger, Harris English. We talked about Bryson, Sunjay M, and Decky. Uh, take that away. Decky was much better last week, finally. What do you mean, what? He almost. What? Oh, he putted? He still yeah, didn't. He putted. Yeah, okay. His ball striking wasn't very good, though. Yeah. <laughs> he did gain six strokes around the green. So that's, that's not great to see. Um, so you're just striking that up to just luck box short game. I mean, yeah, he ran good. Okay. He didn't it like everybody always does. It's like once he putts, then all of a sudden, like the nuclear ball striking goes away as it always happens with everybody. So I don't know. I did want to say, are we in agreement that, the, the starting score is very insignificant at the top. And after you, and once you get down here, it is completely uh, irrelevant, right? I mean, yes. you're not taking into account, you know, wh- whether a guy's starting at four under or three under or two under, right? That, that, that's not, that's, I'm not even thinking about that at this point, right? No, it doesn't. I was trying, you know, I was thinking about this before the show. Um, and I, I couldn't phrase it right, but I'm just going to say it how I kind of see it in my mind. It's like you're correlated anyway. Like if you're at even, if you're going to make a run at it, the only way you can make a run at it is if you play great and you want that guy anyway. So it doesn't really matter where they start. Like you're still going for guys who you think are going to play great. That, that will take care of can they win or not uh, on its own. Right. And I mean, the way that I look at it is the vast majority of scoring is going to come through regular play. It's not going to come through placement points. Yes. Uh, Because after the first couple spots, it's pretty insignificant. Uh, The 30th place finisher is going to get three placement points and the seventh place finisher is going to get 10 placement points. Right. So that's what two birdies throughout the whole event. It's, it's really, it's almost meaningless. It is. Um, to me. So that's why, I mean, I think you'll see guys at 5,500 outscoring guys at, you know, 9k. I mean, it's just, it doesn't matter. It's like, it's the, the just cause they're starting off at different spots. Those placement points 
don't just just don't do anything really i i don't think except make it more confusing if you try and think about it it is confusing so what do you but what do you think of just guys even on their own like even if you're taking the field without the placement points for a second like do you like we know this is much better surface for burger i I like him as well um i'm not on harris english you've got guys like sunjay i don't know about that he's starting in a good spot but he's still a little all over the map um yeah i guess i'm just going down on the pricing here so okay uh, you know burger whatever he keeps playing great this is another this is a good spot for him back on bermuda par 70 loves all that um you know, I don't have anything bad to say about him besides he's besides Lock I hate box. him. He eagled from the fairway last week. He was not good. Harris English finally, finally it fell apart for him. Um, but I'm just gonna keep playing Xander at eighty nine hundred. Um Okay. It's just it just never it has just has not all come together for him. And, and you know, the finishes He's finished top 25 in eight of the nine starts since the restart. And a lot of them have been underwhelming. Um, I, I think it looks better on paper than if you actually play him at 8,900 and you get the T25 or whatever. It doesn't feel that great, but I, I just think everything is, you know, it's kind of close. Um, I know the irons haven't been great, um, but he's kind of killed it in these strong fields, these limited fields. He's got a first and a second here. Um, he's playing you know, very consistent. He's got kind of the firepower, I think, to hang with the guys at the top. I think the price is good. Uh, so I like Xander. I mean, I'll play Xander over guys like Berger in English every single time. I, yeah. I, I don't even care. Um, I just think he's that much better of a golfer than, than guys like Berger in English. I, so yeah, I'm going to play him. It's been a little dicey. I'm just hoping he can put it all together. He's one here, like Xander, He's been quiet, but I, I I don't think there's I've said this a lot of guys, Cantley in particular, Rory. It hasn't been great, but it hasn't been like Bryson where I'm like, wow, his irons are broken. He's just doing everything kind of average and he's getting middling results from it. I mean, they've been good. They've been better than middling. Unfortunately, some of them <sighs> he he needs to be doing better to pay off his price tag, I guess. Yeah, I guess middling when you look at 25th to me isn't going to get it done you know what no, I mean? but i mean 25th 25th 10th 6th 13th 14th 20th you know it's like he he's middling it's like a better version of decky oh let's not unfairly label people <laughs> like decky was in the tournament xander was oh, God. he xander was, was because he was like a short game wizard yeah, oh, yeah, because Xander never runs pure. St. Jude, 9.7 strokes with the short game. Like, sure, that guy. Uh, listen, Xander can put it all together. There's no doubt in my mind. I feel the same way. I mean, different players. Now we get some big names. Um, we get Patrick Reed. We get Tony Finau. That's Reed is starting at three, Finau at two. Fino, big Sunday, closed. Uh, Reed is a grinder, can handle any conditions. I like both of them. I mean, these guys, to me, are some of the best players in the field, never mind where they're starting. Yeah, I'm going to keep playing Fino. Um, Like you said, had a good Sunday. The ball striking wasn't as great as we've seen it. Um, But, you know, he just – I'm just going to keep playing him, especially in these really strong fields. I think the no-cut event – 
helps him. Um, and we've just seen some huge performances, you know, out of him uh, at Memorial, um, at the PGA, just the ball striking off the charts. Uh, so I like him at 8,200. I think this is kind of right up his alley. Uh, I think it's a good price. I think he can contend. At, you know, I don't know if he can make up all those strokes, but if this was not the staggered starting position, I, I think obviously this is definitely a place he could contend. So I, I like him at 8,200. He's one of my favorite plays as well. Yeah. Uh, and again, he's just someone, and it's not that it's an unfair knock. It's very accurate. But there's so many times people are like, oh, I don't play for you now. We can, can't win. Even if that's true, who cares? You, well, yeah, at 8,200, yeah. You don't need to win. Give me a T4 and I'll be um, He'll be just fine, and he will break through more often than not eventually. Like, if he keeps putting himself in these positions, but that's irrelevant. The next two guys are much tougher for me, Scotty Scheffler and Brendan Todd. Uh, as Chad has pointed out, and accurately, Todd hasn't missed a putt ever so that's a good thing to have in your corner Scheffler he makes some timely ones close with a huge round Sunday I definitely like Reed and Finau over these type of guys but what what do you say about your boy the the Todd father oh god how would how did I ever fall in love with a guy that is just as fraudulent with the ball striking as Todd he is unbelievable he's in the Denny McCarthy bucket of just godlike putting and not a bad course for him here this no, week. Um, it's not. Traditionally kind of favors the accuracy short game players, Bermuda. I think all that works well. I'm not playing Todd. I mean, that's just never a play that I'm going to make. Uh, I mean, Scheffler has been really, really good. I, I like him again this week at 7,900. He's finished T22 or better in his last five. He's gained at least 4.5 with the ball striking in his last five. He's been He's been great. The numbers have been better than if you're looking at like a five tournament span, his numbers have been better than some of these guys up around 10 K. Um, and I, and I think the price is fine at 7,900. So I don't, I don't mind Scheffler at all this week. It's hard. It's hard to grasp his price because it, the pricing is so weird. Um, the it's ball striking not a bad you know, price. He's not overpriced. No, he's not. It feels like he's wildly underpriced, is what I was saying. But I don't know if that's the case, or if it's just a product of like the pricing in general. You know, it's he's in the middle of the field, and I I think that feels undervalued for how well he's playing. Does that make sense? I I would agree. Yeah. I mean, his ball I striking mean, is fantastic right now. The, the finishes have been good, and the ball striking has been good. So it's not like he's doing the Harris English, Daniel Berger special, uh, where you pl- finish great, Brendan Todd, where he finished great every week and the numbers look awful. He's having good finishes in good fields and striking it great, and he's a good price. I I like him. Okay, fair enough. Uh, we got about you know 10, 12 golfers left. I want to say real quick a couple things. One, chat, we got some we got a good numbers in here for a 30-man tournament hit that like button for us helps us out. And I just want to say football is coming up. It's a week from Thursday. I can't believe it. Central Arkansas and Austin P already kicked off college football. I know Tim was sweating that. Um, it set back everything. Austin P had to punt out of the shotgun because their long snapper was so bad. That's where we're at. We're going to be providing content though. Um, I can't wait to get college football back. I can't wait to get the NFL. Uh, if you haven't signed up, there's really no better time. Golf starts next week once again. And we have so many cool tools, not just on the DFS side, 
but season long, you check out all of Alex's tools there. And on the betting side, I'm doing some work. We got a great team there alongside uh, if you like to make some wagers. So come in, we got weekly, monthly, annual, awesomeo.com slash join. Just check it out. Give it a shot. No risk, a little risk, but you're going to like it. So it doesn't really matter. Anyway, here we go. You're going to need to find, you know, and I think Tim, you would agree. There is going to be a couple guys from this lower tier that get in contention in this tournament. uh, And they're must haves when we're talking about winning a, a large field tournament. Hatton, Kisner, Hovland, Neiman. These are some big names for some cheap prices. Yeah, surprising with Neiman last week in really like the toughest conditions of the year he came through. I don't I can't I can't gauge him anymore. Makes no sense. Uh Kisner just a perfect fit, good price, 6800. Um he's been hitting it great, a lot like Webb, all the places where where Webb would play well. Kisner same thing, short par 70 Bermuda track, uh T25 in his last 5, positive ball striking in his last 4. You know, not really anything bad you could say. I think he's one of the better plays below 7K. So I like Kisner. Kisner is just a guy, again, I he's won a WGC, the match play, actually. He's someone who's just strong field, pedigree. This is a good track for him. I don't know why you'd be super concerned about it if you play him. I feel like. He's just someone that grinds. Yes, when the ball striking goes away, it can hurt, but he's a great tournament play. Talk just a little about Hatton. Do you have a feel there? He's bounced around after that ridiculous stretch earlier. Yeah, I mean, the ball striking has been better the last three weeks, even though he missed the cut at the PGA. He struck it great there, gained about five strokes in the missed cut. Um, And then the last couple weeks, you know, slight positives, plus 2.3, plus 2.6. You know, he's a guy that can putt, so, you know, you're, you don't need, like, off the charts. You don't need to gain 10 strokes off the tee and on approach with him because, you know, the putter can get hot. I don't mind him at, at 7K. We've seen him, you know, in the last, you know, in this year, last year, playing well in some of these tougher tournaments, some of these bigger fields. So, yeah, I don't mind Hatton at all at 7K. I think Kisner probably a little safer. Kisner would be higher on, though. Oh, Kisner's definitely going to be higher on. There's no doubt about that. Um, yeah, I, this is an area I plan to hit. And if I go like driver heavy, I think Hovland and Answer, guys that I can fall on. What? No answer? You gave me a look. No, Hovland. Hovland, something's not right with him. Uh, you know, people keep wanting to jump on him, but I just don't. Negative 1.3 last week. Plus 3.2 at the Northern Trust, which is better, but negative 1.9 at the PGA, right around even at the WGC, negative one at Memorial. I don't know, something happened. He went from like literally the best ball striker the world has ever seen to not good the last four or five events. I mean, one of them was okay. Uh, I mean, I get it in a no-cut event um, where you're kind of targeting upside and, and scoring potential, but I don't know. I just, it's, he has not been the same in, in the last five weeks or the last five starts. I should say. I mean, he certainly hasn't. There's no, there's no doubt about it. He was a machine from Charles Schwab to work day. His worst T degree numbers was six. Since then, his best is 0.3. 
yeah, that's that's definitely concerning. It's definitely concerning. He's had some really good putting performances. It's just a matter of can you buy low? Do you think that the driver can handle it? I don't love the course for him. No. Uh, again, it's just about I will make some teams that factor in a skill set that goes against the grain, like Cameron Champ and some of those guys. Now we get to this is oh more on yeah, him? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go okay. Ahead. I was just gonna say now we get to the real this is the five thousand dollar range. It's a lot of guys that we haven't seen in the in the tour championship before. Munoz, Lanto, Mac Hughes. Then we get Billy Ho, Kevin Na, Ryan Palmer, Cam Champ, and then the two Australians, which we'll save for the end. Uh, does anyone stand out? I think Billy Horshow would be my favorite. Yeah. I think is that- I, I think the lineups, you just open up the app and it just comes preloaded with Billy Horschel in there at 5,700. Uh, I, I, yeah, he just seems like a layup, uh, a guy that's won this first, second, and seventh um, in his three trips here. And he's not even, he's not, not like he's playing bad. He was T33 last week. The ball striking was decent. He gained three, missed the cut at the Northern Trust. He was awesome at the Wyndham. He was decent at the PGA, T43, but he gained two at the ball striking. And just a guy that can get new caught, you know, he's he's like, he's weird. He's consistent. He's not inconsistent, right? He seems to be fairly consistent, but then he has these kind of spike weeks. I think this is a, a good course for him, just like it is for Webb, just like it is for Kisner. And he's played well here. He's super cheap. I, he's got upside. I mean, I think he will might be the most popular player on the board, but for good reason. I mean, the price is great, and he's a guy that could do some damage in this event. Oh, there's no doubt. Um, Chad wants to know, Cameron Champ, I definitely think it's worthwhile that, listen, I what we have seen with Champ, we know is off the tee. When he succeeds, he pairs that with putting, and it's a lethal combo. We've talked several times on the show about that. Last week, he did the opposite of that. He lost a boatload of strokes and you're not going to get good results because his irons are not good. His short game is not good. He needs to hold putts as do most, but I don't mind going back to him because he's a, he's a streaky putter uh, and he can get really hot. I don't have a t- to like, I'm not going to play Mackenzie Hughes. He is that guy. Talk about lucky putting God son run. Uh, I actually like champ. Um, yeah. just as a punt, as a guy, as, as a salary saver, he's not a guy, um, that I would target, like I'm going after champ and then we're figuring the rest out. Um, I just like his upside. I, you know, volatile guy, not the best course fit, but I just think getting four guaranteed rounds, he can, he can definitely do a lot of scoring. Um, and I think below, you know, Horschel is the easy play. I think below six K. Yep. But, um, I think champ offers maybe the most upside just from a scoring perspective. I mean, you could see any of these guys play well um, because they run hot with the putter or whatever, but I think champ just, you know, kind of offers the most upside for really cheap. Uh, The other guy I guess would be Palmer. Yeah. um, Just as kind of like a, you never know what you're going to get, but definitely has some scoring upside. No Mm -hmm. interest in Cam Smith. Mark Leishman looks absolutely lost i don't know what happened to him he should just uh, give up like withdraw I'm not saying give up I'm i can't a big believe he didn't withdraw last week it's like I what know. are you doing you're you're never gonna get out of dead last why are you continuing to play so 
All right, a couple things. I want to throw my support behind Ryan Palmer. I think he's the pivot from Billy Ho. Uh, gained four out of five weeks with the Irons. The finishes, you see it. You know, a couple top, ten, you know, top ten at thirteenth. A couple missed cuts. It's boom bust. You want that at this place. Like you're all for that. A guy coming in sixteenth means nothing. Give me fourth or thirtieth, and hopefully some finishing uh, not finishing points some scoring because if you can outscore your placement here by a ton, you're not going to see, it's not going to be correlated from like eighth to 30th. It really doesn't mean that much unless you're in the very top. (laughs) Mark Leishman last week lost. I, I truly, you could only do this in a WGC type non cut. He lost 12 strokes T to green and 11 strokes putting. Like that's got to be a first. There's no one who's ever lost ten plus strokes on both of them in the same week. I don't know. We got to go back to to Bowditch, and and yeah, I got to because I I I legitimately played Bowditch at Doral uh, in a WGC, um, and it was like, well, what's the worst that could happen? It's a no cut event, and then you literally saw the worst that could happen. He didn't. I don't think he broke like eighty four for four rounds. Um, yeah, Leishman. Whew really bad um there's just nothing i'm not seeing anything talk about course history this guy's played here four times hasn't gotten better than t21 i mean that's leishman is going to be low owned and that is the only positive since the restart his best finish was at the memorial he came in 40th with a hot putter he's got one top 50 finish in eight events post restart there is nothing that says that he's not going to finish dead last next week literally nothing he he is in a separate category jim is jim herman here he's not here right no he's not okay so leishman by himself cam smith i think is fine though i played him last week he was fine he's fraudulent yes yes he is but you like no offense to this field half this field is fraudulent it is. That's what makes it kind of interesting because it's supposed to be the 30, 30 best players, but it's like the 10 best players and then a bunch of weird interesting guys. Friend of the, friend of the show, T-Dog, says, watch Leishman win. win the If Leishman wins the FedEx Cup, I would have to truly consider just a new profession. Uh, yeah, I know. It's, it's hilarious to think how he's here. It's just he killed it before the restart. So... I gotta see. I gotta see what data golf has as Leishman's uh, probability to win the FedEx Cup. Uh, be, it doesn't even. It's just a like sub sub point one percent. Yeah, it's not. It's not happening. Um, yeah, I mean, last last year I played twenty nine of the thirty golfers, and I said that Chez, no chance, and then he made a hole in one. So when Leishman makes a hole in one, my streak will continue. Because I am not playing him. Uh, not going to happen in any shape or form. So basically pencil them in for like two hole in ones and a couple uh, streaks, a hole in one streak somehow. Eagles, yeah. And then, and then pencil in. So what we've defined on the show today, chat Leishman's going to win the tour championship. We get Safeway, And then Rasmus Holgard is going to win the U S open. And we will be right back to where we always are. 
but listen, on a somewhat serious note, it's been an, a well crazy year, but we love doing the show on Tuesdays. It's been a blast. You guys make it so much fun. And like I said, Safeway is going to start next week and we're going to do it all over again. Uh, you, you see our Twitter handles there. If there's anything on this show that you, you would like to see, and that we don't do each week, let us know. And we'll try to put it in. Um, we like to make the show interactive. It's for you guys. Certainly with the live before lock on Wednesdays, we have some more time to answer your questions and whatnot, but let us know. We, you know, we're going to turn the page to the next season next week, but we just wanted to say, thanks. We really do appreciate it. We have some fun here and it's really truly one of my favorite shows uh, to do each and every week. Cause we, we like to get egregious, but any final thoughts on the tour championship uh, and Mark Leishman's crowning achievement of his resume here? <laughs> yeah, we better put some money on Mark Leishman. Just in case. I might have to life hedge it after what I've said here. Yeah, I mean, you just, you know, if you're playing like the super lotto, you're going to have to work really hard to avoid dupes, um, which means leaving quite a, a bit of money, money on the table. I mean, we just don't have events like this. Uh, with 30 man fields. So we don't have a lot of experience building lineups, right? It's like the hero has like 18 event or 18 guys in the field. And then we have, yeah, we have the tournament of champions and we have this. Um, so it's kind of easy to just, you make your lineup. You're like, I like these six guys and we're zeroing out the salary cap. Um, but this is just a unique week. So you have to very, be very cognizant of that. And to me, I would play, you know, if you play $200 a week, I would just play the one, one lineup in the $200 single entry. To me, I'd rather play a smaller tournament than, than to play like a lotto style. Right. I mean, if you play 50 bucks a week, play $50 in, in single entry. Single don't bullet. I mean, I think so. It just, it doesn't make sense unless you're really going to dedicate yourself to making unique lineups, um, playing these lotto style, uh, contests with, with, a a lineup that's duped a thousand times. I mean, that's, that's no good. I, I think this, this, just to speak to that a little, and we can talk about it tomorrow night um, with me and Jason Roslin, but I think this is a week where you want to be closer to the max entry limit, no matter what you're playing. So like figure that out dollar wise, like I'll put it this. I never, cause I build by hand. I never play 150. I am playing 150 in the lotto this week. Because I think this is a week where it actually is a big advantage to have the most amount of entries you can. So if you don't want to do that, play in the 20 max, play in a three max, play in a, a single entry where at least you're level with the field. Because if someone's able to put different permutations, it's almost like match play in that sense. You know what I mean? You can cover a lot of bases and there's just not that many combos if you get a couple inferences right. So on that note, we're going to get out of here. Uh like I said, chat, we see you hadn't to beat Rory for top, you know, English. I don't actually hate that. I'm going to look into it right after the show, but we will be back. Or I will be back tomorrow night, 830 Eastern. Um, and then we get an extra day on Thursday if anything comes up, because this is oh, Friday, I Monday. I don't like that. At all. I don't either. It throws off our whole schedule. But on that note, thanks to Josh Engelman behind the glass. Thanks to you guys. Hit the like button on your way out. We will be back tomorrow night, and then we'll be back next Tuesday for the start of the 2021 PGA season.